you are listening to Black Star Docs, a collective of female physicians of African descent coming together to share knowledge from our various medical specialties as well as from life. Listen in as we have real and relatable discussions on health, wellness, and lifestyle in a way only us ladies can do. Follow us on Instagram at Black Star Docs and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. Cheers! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Black Star Docs podcast. My name is Dr. Tony Cote, and I'm an ER doctor from Houston. Joining me this week are two of my colleagues, Dr. Saparma Sefabwache, who's also a Black Star doc, and Dr. Leila Sruja, who is a pulmonary critical care doctor. We will be discussing a topic that's dear to my heart, challenges that single moms face in the dating world. I am recently divorced, so I find myself newly single, trying to enter the dating world with two young children. Dr. Sapoma has successfully navigated those dating waters and is newly married. And Dr. Layla is somewhere in between Dr. Sapoma and I in a new committed relationship, but she also knows the perils of trying to date as a single mother, especially a single mother with a career. I will let these ladies introduce themselves and we'll jump right into our discussion. I hope you enjoyed this episode and whatever comments or questions you have, you know where you can find us on social media, IG, Facebook at Blackstar Docs. I really hope that this conversation brings some clarity to um, the single moms out there struggling, including myself. It was a brief conversation and I'm happy to bring this podcast to you. Enjoy. So yes, my name is Sapuma Sefabwache. I'm also from Ghana. I was born in the United States. Both my parents are from Ghana. I'm actually a newly married, status post divorced <laughs> a while ago in 2008, actually um, met my the father of, of the birth father of my child in while I was in medical school. And like many relationships that happen in grad school where you're working more than 40 hours a week and studying, I think it's hard to kind of get to know somebody. Marriage is hard anyway. I mean, what's the statistics say? Like 50% end in divorce anyway. So at the time, (laughs) at the time I took the, the challenge and didn't work out and actually was a very good thing in the sense that it did not work out because I realized that I, you know, I kind of woke up one morning and I was like, what am I doing? Um, Was with this person for three years and then married less than one year. (laughs) So literally it was like, okay, some, you know, sometimes it's like you, you marry them just to realize, okay, this was not going to work. So anyway, I was a way that this wasn't going to work. You said what? You found out right away this wasn't going to work. That's the funny thing is that when you're with that person, you kind of do, but I think sometimes you're like, okay, let let me just do this last thing and see, maybe it'll be different. And yeah, okay. So for me, it was the child and then the the marriage. And so it didn't work. So I I graduated from med school from Cuba with the, with the child um, and a single mom and was freaked out about dating and decided to not date for many years. I finally got into the dating world when like the real kind of dating whole thing 
world when I was in residency and then the rest is history. I got remarried. So we'll talk about that, but that's kind of my spiel. Um, I was a single mom all through my last year of medical school and all through residency. And that was very interesting, especially during call shifts. So anyway, we'll talk about that and kind of like how I was able to incorporate dating and to get, you know, married again, if that's something that people want to do. And, and Dr. Layla is a pulmonary critical care doctor. And you're kind of in between where Dr. Sapoma and I, you're kind of newly dated and you're in a new relationship that's kind of not married, but um, exclusive, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Leila Strugia. I'm from Jordan. I was born and raised in Jordan, did my medical school there. And then I moved to um, the United States 10 years ago to do my residency in Michigan, then went to Ohio and then back to Michigan and then moved to Oregon three years ago for my um, new job. So I met my uh, father of my daughter uh, when we before we got married. Actually, he's also from Jordan, but he was doing his residency in New York and I was in Michigan at the time. So it was long distance when we met and we got to know each other for like a year, but all long distance. And we thought that we were compatible since we were both from Jordan and same background, same culture, everything. And then we got married pretty fast. But I thought that I was I was 28 at the time and I thought, okay, well, I should be able to make these decisions. So we got married. And then I and then I moved to Ohio for my fellowship, who was still in New York, and I got pregnant and then had my daughter. And then the problems continued. I mean, I guess after you have a child, it's, the problems become more obvious and the incompatibility. So we were married for only three and a half years, and then we got divorced. And we actually both got jobs here in Oregon, and we all moved to Oregon, but separately. <laughs> yeah. And then I started, so that was like three years ago. I started dating maybe a year and a half later. And I dated a few, not a few guys, maybe one or two. But then I was, as I was dating, I was still learning more about myself. And then I finally met this guy and we've been together for seven months now. So it's been really nice. Nice. Well, we're all single mom, but the common thread that we have is that we are essentially career-driven, high-earning women, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we're all physicians, but there are other women in our position to be the teachers, um, the dentists, the pharmacists, the other single female in our in our same position where you know you suddenly find yourself single and dating. Maybe a mom, maybe not. But the common problem is that you're in a different class by yourself, trying to find a good man. And how did you guys uh, make the decision to jump back in the fold? So I will say I was coerced <laughs> by another single friend of mine who's also, she's actually in pharmaceuticals and she, her perspective was like, look, we are, we're still have, we, we have our groove back where, I mean, I mean, we never lost it, but we should never allow our, you know, our prior relationship to kind of determine our happiness in the future. If you, if we, if you want to just date somebody and have a nice dinner or go out, you should be able to do that. And you shouldn't think that because you have a child or because you have this prior history with somebody, it's going to prevent that. Cause I think it was a part of me that thought that what happened in the past was going to just keep happening. And I kind of saw myself as just as a mom, but my daughter was getting older. She was starting to go on play dates by herself with, I mean, with other families, meaning 
and I didn't have to kind of baby her like I used to. So I, you know, she was like, let's both do it together. So I really recommend going on, like if you are going to do a dating app or you're going to do any of these like speed dating things, you should do it with a friend because it's less alienating. You, you guys can bounce off your profiles, you know, with each other. And I mean, the funny thing is you might even meet the same men, which is funny. And so that's kind of why we decided to do it. So we could like compare notes, like, oh, you know, if you go, <laughs> like, what did he tell you? <laughs> you know, that's so true. that's what I work for your thing might not work for you. It doesn't mean that it's, a, you know, the person's a bad person, but you know, maybe it wasn't your cup of tea, but it's a perfect guy for her. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of what I did. And, and it was and really no expectations. I think if you go on these dating apps thinking that you're going to find your husband, I mean, that's really, that's a very, like a very hard expectation to come by because you're literally just thinking every single person is going to, you, you know, you're going to possibly walk down the aisle with, I just wanted to go out and, and eat some good food in San Diego, just to be very honest with you. So that was, so my expectation was low and it was great. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, what age were you when you started, you know, back in the fall? Because it's kind of different. I'm in my 40s. So I might not want to play around. I was 35. I want to say 35, 36. And, or, yeah, then I think I met my my husband now. I was like 36, 37. So okay. there's plenty of us that are doing it all ages. So that's yeah. kind of my spill. That's the Layla. How did you decide to jump back in? Well, I think in the beginning after the divorce, I'm like, I don't want to talk to any men. It's like, no, I will never talk. I don't want to to be in any relationship, you know, when you're like, no, this will never work. And then as you start to like, I mean, I went to therapy and I was reading a lot of books and then, and then one day it's just, you feel like, oh, I have time. I mean, yeah, I can do these things. Like my work is under control. I have my daughter half the time. So I'm like, yeah, I have time now. I want to meet uh, people. So in the beginning, actually, I dated like uh, a guy that I was working with, which is a bad idea. I would not recommend it. I agree. <laughs> bad idea. No, no, no. People warned me, but I didn't So I was warned. Or at the gym. Don't date someone at the yeah. gym you meet. Oh my God. Yeah. And then <laughs> I live in a small city. So um, I didn't have a lot of options around. And then I think as you go older, the opportunity to meet in like in a normal real life situation becomes very small. So I started thinking about, okay, online dating. I didn't have anybody who did online dating, like uh, close people. So then I talked to, I guess the group that we're both in, like you talk to other girls and see what their experience is. Then I started talking to people who actually did online dating. And then I was uh, listening to some podcasts and I'm like, okay, I have to do this. So I put myself out there and I went out on a few first dates until I find the right guy. Or you don't know who the right guy is, actually, as uh, Sarpoma said. But it's just like you find the person that you actually want to continue to see. So I think what I learned is that I guess a lot of people think online dating is a bad idea, but it's not. I mean, it's the same people that you're going to meet in real life. Actually, it makes it easier as long as you know what you're looking for and who you are. And it gives you an opportunity to meet people, more people, actually, because like the guy that I'm dating, he lives one hour away because the city that I'm in is small. So if I wasn't doing online dating, I would have met, never met him in real life. So. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. It kind of helps you open up your ocean of who's a potential. Yeah. So, so we have two different approaches. That's what I just left in. She's like, I got a friend. We're going to leap in. 
And then you worked on yourself a little bit. You went through counseling a little bit to try to figure out who you are before you left into that uh, dating scene. Yeah, I think that's very important because uh, you you want to know what's happened wrong. Like in every relationship that fails, there are two sides of the story. I mean, both people would have contributed. So it's no, important to know what you contributed and like how you want your future relationship to be as well. And like try to envision that and not just do the same thing. And I always, I learned something also. It's like, if you want something different, you have to do something different. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I haven't made a decision whether I want to date or not. I, I think of myself as just me single for a hot minute. It hasn't been even uh, over um, a year or so. And so I haven't made a decision and I've been kind of tossing around in my head. Do I just jump in with both feet or do I, you know, work on myself, go through some therapy, try to figure out why this didn't work? I mean, my history that we were together for a long time. And so it's kind of scary in that way. And the dating apps give you an opportunity to jump in there, but in a less humanly scary way, right? Yeah, and I think you said something that was important. Like, so I leaped into the dating app, but I will tell you, I took time. Like, I'm, I want to say it was at least three years for me before I even jumped into even like go like the even going on a date or being with a man. And I think number one, it's because you have to shed a lot. We even even if you weren't in a divorce, when you break up with somebody, there is a lot of layers that you have to go through. And especially if you have a kid in between, because a lot of guilt. And so I agree. A therapy, I mean, that was for me, I, you know, talking with the therapy coach, talking with therapists, um, talking with family members who had been in similar situations is very helpful. And do it when you're ready. If you feel like right now is not the time, don't do it. If you feel like now is the time, you can do it, but you can always turn it off and turn it on. That's the cool thing about the apps. You can turn them on and you can turn them off. <laughs> and then you can block people too. So you can, you're, that's why I like the dating apps because you're in control because you don't, like if you're just like, I don't want to do this right now. You so can I guess completely be done. We'll start with a dating app. What's a good one? Uh, the one They're all I the same. <laughs> match. I like match. Okay. Okay. What about so match? Like, like, what, what are we looking for when we're trying to pick one or two dating apps to put a profile on? On your profile, what to put? No, what are we looking for in a dating app? To put, you know, what makes one match different than okay, Cupid? Oh, or, yeah. What I like to, I mean, I only use Match and then I tried Bumble to see how, how different it is. So for Match, I liked it because there's a lot of uh, things that you have to fill out and then you put a paragraph. So, and it's paid app. In Bumble, I felt it's just mostly few words. People would put few words and the guy, you have to like them first, I think, and then you send them. So I wanted people to be able to send me too. So I thought that the guys were kind of lazy. I mean, they wouldn't, they will just like, and then you will have to initiate a conversation. So I don't know. I thought match was more, the people on match were more kind of looking for something a little, maybe more serious. That's So match was more of a two-way street. Yeah. The equal opportunity to contact people. Yes. And then they will have more details about themselves. Okay. So yeah, I agree with that. I think it depends on where you are in the dating yeah, spectrum, because I think that if you are somebody that you just want to test the waters, kind of see what's going on, you don't want to give out your information. You don't want people, maybe you're like, I don't want, you know, 
family members, coworkers, and all that type of stuff, people to know, then you probably want to do one where it's just a swipe right or left. Because with those, it's very minimal information. They get a picture and it's really just kind of getting there. And then you break the ice when you talk to that person. The reason why I did start with match and I stopped because I felt like it was match and eHarmony. I had to stop because I felt like I was giving so much. Like they wanted to know your degrees, your this, your religion, your, and I was just like, I feel like that's something I want to disclose after I meet somebody. And I have brothers, I have uncles, and I kind of like, like the type of man that I was looking for was probably not going to be the one that was going to write the big paragraph and go through the whole thing. It was going to be more on the simple type. And so that's why I felt like I, something that is just like a swipe for me would be easier. I also want to say another caveat is that some people think that some online dating sites are like, I would say more flimsy and better than the others, like the religious ones are better and, and vice versa. They all have the opportunity to be really good and really bad. Like in the, like I've heard Christian mingle people do, you know, trying to get, you know, sending certain type of pics, you know, and I heard the oh, same thing. With your cup of tea, that could be a little off-putting. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Don't get married to the app, get married like to the process and really kind of know what you're looking for. I, yeah. I found my husband on Tinder. So just, to, just I think, to, and I think honestly, when I went to Bumble and I started looking and swiping, I found the same people who were unmatched. So it's going to be the See? same people. So yeah. Yeah. It's a different approach and how much, you, how comfortable you are putting your information out there. So, yeah. so, let's, so let's say, okay, fine. If somebody's out there, maybe me, I decide I'm going to go on all of these apps. What do I put on it? Especially considering that, you know, I have two children. What do I put on it? I say so first name. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, yeah, it's up to you. But I guess, yeah, I mean, I would like, I wouldn't put um, like my, I, I personally, because my name is very rare. And <laughs> so I just change it. I put like uh, some, uh, different name and uh, yeah I didn't put like what my profession is but I did put that I have a degree because I wanted people to know that at least I'm a professional like not but I didn't put like I'm a doctor and then just uh, a brief paragraph about what I'm looking for it's I think is important to say like what you're looking for and not what you're not looking for because a lot of people would say I don't want this so just say what you want because it'll be more appealing to people I 100% agree with that. Be very like, so all of us have these, <laughs> our names are unique. So that is such a good idea. I wish I would have done that. Don't use your, don't, and don't use any name that you have on your social media, because what somebody can do is they can look you up on social media. So yeah, middle names are great, or just like a concoction of the, in between the name is fine. Also, I would be very weary of putting, like when you filter people, like if you over filter, you will not find the person. Like I know people say, right. You know, I think Oprah did this whole thing about write a list of the type of man that you want and he should have everything. I did that. And I was for two years without a date. So yeah, like, I mean, that list will yeah. work later on, but in the beginning yes. you want a larger pool. Yeah, exactly. Big pool. And then you get smaller. Exactly. Oh, that's a good point. That's not anything I considered, you know, cause I'm thinking, let me just put all these bullet points on because I don't want to have random showing up that does not have what I want. But you're saying, you know, probably in the beginning, go opposite to that. Just throw everybody in and then narrow it down from yep. there. 
it's like it's like broad spectrum antibiotics and you go you know you kind of go down when you after you do your cultures you find your micro it's the same <laughs> dating is the same thing honey yeah <laughs> And I think, I think what's important about online dating is that uh, it is just a tool for you to meet people. So you're not dating online. It's just you're trying to meet yeah. people and then you want to move on to real life and meet these people in real life. Because I've seen people would like to just keep writing back and forth and it just drags on. So for me, it was like, no, maximum a week or a week and a half. And then if this, if we're not meeting in real life, this doesn't work for me. Dr. Layla, that is so important. There are so many men or women out there that they just want a list. They just kind of want like a Rolodex so they can show people like, oh, I have this. For my rule was 24 hours. If we did not- Oh, wow. Sorry, that's 24, Yeah, I know. Cause I was, yeah, I did not want to be on there as you can see. So if they didn't, yeah. if we didn't speak in 24 hours, they were, I blocked them. I was done. Because I didn't want to go out and see somebody like, oh, I think I, I think I matched with them. Now hold up, wait, yeah. hold up. Now they, you know, now now you're calling me, me out because you know my uh, you know, I work in the ER and sometimes I can't get to messages and stuff for about 20, 48 hours. So I would be blocked. Yes, you would. So that's why you have to have your time. <laughs> Let me tell you, you need to have your time where you are doing your online dating. You need to have it say, tell yourself that you're only going to do it on like Friday through Saturday and then turn it off so nobody can choose you. Like just turn it completely off. Like so. And then, that way you're not wasting anybody's time. Exactly. You're, you're available when you're available and when you're not, you're not. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I only chose specific apps that I could do that. Cause I was like, I am not, I did not like the match people sending me messages. And I'll, I was like, I only want to talk to those who I want to. And if I don't, I'm turning it off. That's a, that's a good idea. That's a good point to make. That's a lot of stuff to begin with. with, with just after we haven't even gone and covered blind dates and family setting you up and everything. This is just all on the app. No. Okay. But, you know, safety-wise, and this applies to you know, online dating and in-person dating and all sorts of dating in between. Safety. We're single, we're single women with um, kids. How do you ensure your safety? Safety, I guess, I mean, once you decide to go online, you always want to make sure that somebody knows where you're going and yeah, don't give out too much information until you really trust the person. And I you guess once you have a few times, you, hmm? you have specific places that you meet, like, you know, you know, the bartenders in the bar or restaurant and that kind of stuff. No, not really. I mean, it depends on like what day and the circumstance. For me, because also it's uh, sometimes I would go out here or in other areas because so if it's not close by, so it's hard to meet always at the same place. But I would let someone know, like my friends, they will know that I'm going. So they'll check on me before and after, make sure that I made it home. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's also that's important. I think that safety from that standpoint, a lot of people, you would hear that, oh, I'm going to go and then somebody's going to kidnap me or something bad is going to happen. I mean, the chances that that is really going to happen are very low. So don't let that be like something that will make you very fearful of online dating. I completely agree. The number one thing I would say is get the Google or the burner number. Do not give oh, your yes, phone yes. number out. I have no. <laughs> Do not. Like, this, I mean, and I'll tell you because now it's very easy to track you as soon if you notice, if as soon as you give somebody your phone number, they will show up as a potential friend on Facebook. So yeah. 
I still use it to this day. It's so funny because my husband, I, you know, like he has, he still keeps the, that burner number that I burned a long time ago. And I told him, I said, oh, this is my work number. And I, and, and he understood it because he's like, look, I have a single, I, I'm, I'm, I have a kid, you know? So it's like, I don't want you to come and find out where I live and all that type of stuff. The other thing that I'll say is I don't do dinner the first time I meet them. What I like to do is I like to go to just the coffee shop where everybody knows me. Or if you don't want to do that, you can go to a, you can go to another coffee shop where people don't know you. But I don't want to be committed to a two hour meeting with somebody that I don't really know, because, you know, in the first five minutes, like what's going to go down when you meet somebody. So I would say do that, meet them. And then maybe if it works out, you plan for the, the real type thing, you know, dinner or whatever. It's up to you. I mean, every year adults. So are you doing like background checks on these uh, um, potential meetups? Social media. Background check, absolutely. You know, so here's my problem with that. We're giving the guys just our first, our middle name and a burden of room. How do we know what they're giving us back and how do we, you know, look them up? What do you think, Layla? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, I guess, I mean, it depends. You can uh, see, I don't know. <laughs> I think most guys use their real first name and they probably use their real phone number. Yep, they do. They see, I think that it's they it's feel like they the have nothing women. to lose. Yeah, yeah. It's the danger's more on the women. Yeah. So I think that one thing you can do, like for me, after the first date, if I really like that person, then I'll, you know, kind of, you know, I'll ask them, you know, like their their full name. And then I'll do a I'll go, I just do like a general search. For me, I'm gonna tell you it's a red flag for me if I can't find them online. If I can't find them online, then I have to think about, is there another family? What are they hiding from? If I can't even find them on a, like a, I mean, a regular whatever page, that's kind of concerning for me because we are in a social media, you know, and, and one thing guys will tell you is that they will have aliases on Facebook when they're cheating. So that's one thing I've learned from having so many men in my life. So that, that's a red flag when you start asking, you know, the third or fourth time you meet an app and you ask for a full name and they're like, oh, don't worry about that. Or, you know, where do you live? Don't worry about that. Where do you work? When did you go to school? And then they're like, don't worry about that. That's a red flag. Or if their social media is an alias, like if they have like some alter ego name, some anime name for their social media, that's for me as a physician working and whatever, maybe somebody else. But for me, that's a red flag. <laughs> another topic that's a little controversial but this is something that i'm hearing people, women doing a lot now and i'm very traditional in my dating game or maybe just because i am old in my dating game and i've been out of the game but i'm hearing people saying you know keep cohort of of guys um you know not just fixate on one or two but keep multiple interests and potentials how does that work for you guys well i think i mean when you start, if you start online dating, I mean, yeah, you are going to be talking to more than one person and then you're going to meet all these people until you really find the person that you're going to be committed with, I guess. Instead of staying like, okay, focus, talking to just one person. And then I think that's the idea behind it. I agree. I think that's the way. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that I think you, because you, you can't commit to a conversation. You can't mm -hmm. commit to a date. So I think that... You, especially if you're doing this the second, third time around, you need to know really kind of what made that first time around become a second or a third. So you have to have different, you have to kind of know, like, just like you go look for a car. Sometimes we, when we look for a car, we spend more focus on that 
and getting different numbers or getting different ideas or finding out what which car has this, which car has that. We don't even do that for people. And we're going to be spending a lot of time with these people and they're going to determine our, our life expectancy. So I think you definitely need to shop around. I'm not, we're not, I mean, I'm not condoning or saying that you need to be intimate with them. I mean, these are things that, you know, you need to be an adult and practice all types of preventive measures if you do that. But I do think that you should keep your options open just so you're not committed so fast. And then you kind of get you know, coerced into one way than the other. Do you disclose this to the potential partners? And uh, what's the reception? I mean, do I say, you know, you're not the only person that I'm, you know, talking to right now, the four or five people right now? You don't have to say you anything. You have to disclose. I mean, some people will ask us, like, oh, are you going with anybody else? I mean, but from a d one date or two, I mean, you're still not in a relationship. So until you are in a relationship and you want to be exclusive, you don't have to. You don't have to. All right, so we're, now we're moving on to a different part of uh, the Satan kid. When you bring them in, do you bring them in? Do you leave them out? Do you wait till the day before marriage? So, <laughs> it, depends on, like, uh, it depends on what kind of relationship you're looking for. So, because I read this in a book, like maybe if you are at a stage in your life where you just want to go out with someone, have dinner, and just enjoy that part, then probably, and like they don't want to have, like, so you just want to have that part, then you don't have to introduce the kids. If you want this person to be included in your life and be an active part of your life, then I think first you want to make sure that they are okay with kids, that you have kids. And then it depends on when you're comfortable. Some will say like six months. I mean, you can do it earlier. Depends. If you really want them to be part of that, because I think it's kind of complicates dating a little bit. For them to be involved because they will see you with the kids and then it's a different dynamic than when you're just with them one-to-one -one. Right. So, like for me i kept thinking about it and i'm like well i mean if things are going really well and if we're going to continue seeing each other then yes i would like him to be included in my daughter's life and we'd be able to do things together so I had him meet her when we were dating for four months because I really wanted to know whether i mean because this will be like a kind of deal breaker if he's not comfortable being around her then this may not work. I completely agree with that as well. I think it depends on the age of the children. Of course, like if they're little, you know, you definitely want to take your time, you know, be, depending on how that relationship with your child is with the, your other, their prior parent. I think though, if you're going fast with this person and it looks like it's going to be promising, they need to see how you are and you need to see how they are as a parent, because that is a huge part of their, of your and their identity. So I think the whole six months and all that type of stuff, it just, I think you shouldn't follow the books. You should really follow what the objectives are in your relationship and in your, in your future family. So I agree with that. I think you definitely should consider that. And, you know, if you're just dating, I mean, I dated so many people, my daughter never knew <laughs> at all, you know, and that was better because she gets attached very easily. Yeah. So it depends on what uh, the goal from the relationship is. You guys have done this and both of you have done this in real life. Was it just the one time with the current partners or for any, you know, did any of them not work out because you brought in the kids? What's um, the question? And what, you know, besides the current partners that you are with, which I'm assuming that, you know, you brought the kids in and they're okay with them, that's why you're with them. Were there any other experiences, any potential oh. matches that the kids you brought in and it just didn't work for whatever reason and why? Yeah. So it's not that the kids wouldn't work. Like, um, 
Like what happened with that? So the guy that I was dating at work, he, which I do not recommend again, but, <laughs> but I guess I was at a stage, I mean, he was in a different stage of his life. And then um, it's not about the kids or not, but it's more about me and my time. So um, I was spending like, because my daughter is with me half of the time and those nights it's like I'm with her one-to-one so um, if we were going to do something it would be during the day but then he didn't like that part where like he would want someone every day like you see someone every day so he was like very demanding in that way so it kind of was complicated so that's what but it wasn't too objective to the kid but then you realize that yeah maybe he's not ready for something like that so you want someone who will understand all these aspects someone who is like supportive for all of these things and you wouldn't feel guilty because you're not with them this night because you're with your kids and you want them to also understand like when you're around the kids you are a different person you may not be able to give them all the attention that they need so yeah I think I mean I had a situation I where I was dating somebody for a long period of time after I would say a year or two after my divorce and it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work out I think that's the one thing because you have a lot of guilt associated with like oh and you know, you got to tell your kid that it didn't work out. I, I think in that case, because I waited time before I introduced her to him and I'm thankful that I did because she, she wasn't that invested and it just made the situ- made it a lot easier. So I say the key thing is just being very clear and not being too hard on yourself if it doesn't work out and just really understanding that it's not just you that has to deal with the new relationship or the breakup, it's the kid as well. So just, you know, tread, you know, lightly and when you do remember your boundaries with that as well and you know kids are honest they'll let you know if somebody's not cutting them uh, cutting it and they don't want them right very honest that's why yeah i think with my current with my husband right now i we only waited a month (laughs) because we were very clear that this is what we wanted to do and yeah she was very honest about you know and his child as well so i worked out so let's say you find them, you find a person, a kid approve, you approve of them intimacy. Now we're all doctors, so we know, you know, I go from the medical point standpoint. I want to know your medical profile. What if you have a tested positive for? What if you not tested positive? How do you bring this up in the conversation? <laughs> I guess you have to bring up the conversation. And I think um, like for me, it was difficult to bring up this conversation because I didn't have this conversation before. <laughs> But you have to, and then you realize I, that. I can't imagine. It's, it's, it's a, a really tough topic. It's a tough yeah. topic. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you'll be, I guess you'll be comfortable because it's, uh, I mean, not uncommon. So it's, it's. I guess, I mean, people now, a lot of people, even the guys, I mean, they know that this question is going to happen. So you just have to be upfront and yeah, just ask. Yeah, I I agree. I think for me, what I do is I, you know, I believe in STD testing every six months. If you're, uh, you know, every six months, if you're not active or if you're not like in a, in a long-term relationship and every, after every relationship or every sexual relationship that you should regularly be getting STD testing. Like I would, I mean, I would tell you this, if you're my patient, I am not that concerned with prior positives if they're not chronic. So like a prior chlamydia or a prior, you know, something like that, because, you know, that's something that is you know, not necessarily going to be a chronic situation, but um, for herpes, I do think that herpes disclosure should be, you know, you, they should 
especially before having any sexual encounter. HIV, of course, <laughs> um, even though, you know, you can be on medications and it can be non-detectable. I think I feel like, I don't know what your experience was, Dr. Layla, but I felt like because I was a, being a doctor, they just kind of, it was like a, the conversation was kind of like we were having a doctor conversation. <laughs> so I think they, I think he felt a little comfortable with it. He felt fine, you know, so I don't know what your experience was. I guess, I mean, I was uncomfortable with it, but mm. yeah, he was comfortable with it. And mm. uh, yeah, he told me right away that he was tested after his last relationship and mm -hmm. all that. So it wasn't a big deal, but it was for me because it was, yeah, not a conversation that I had to have in the past. And I, I, I'm hoping moving forward with, you know, women and you know, anybody who's out there dating, that it just becomes more of the norm and it's less uncomfortable and it's expected and people give out that information before they're intimate. So it's just, it's just mm -hmm. right that that's the way that we should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we, we covered a lot today and supposedly <laughs> going to be a half an hour, but we could keep going um, if we wanted to. But I think it's well, probably maybe you can tell us, like, what are your concerns about dating or what do you think? What are you looking for? So that's with me right now. I'm not sure if I'm ready to date. And I think instead of going through the positive ways and talking to, you know, people who have navigated like you, I did the opposite. You know, I was online looking at things, hearing people's horror stories, you know, especially with the dating app. And that scared me. And that led me to believe that, you know, the water out there is poison. It's just bad. It's all bad, bad, bad. And so it, it, that's why I kind of wanted to do this podcast to let people know that it's actually encouraging out there. And, and there's the good place out there for both men and women. And if you're looking to if you're willing to look in the right way. So I have to yeah. come to a point. I have to come to a point where I have to decide yeah. that is it, is it time for me to do this or not? Yeah. Even if you're not ready, I mean, it's not a lifetime commitment. Just going out there and meeting people, you will understand more about yourself. And then, because especially after being in a relationship for so long and going through a divorce, like for me, when I got divorced, I felt like, I had to relearn everything, like even about human relationships. It's like, okay, what is a normal relationship? It's like, it felt like going to rehab, you know? <laughs> it's like starting from scratch. So I think every encounter- I like that. That's encounter, a very good felt like going to rehab. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So every encounter with any human being, like even if you just go out to date, you will notice things about yourself, about the other person. It's like, and then you will continue to think more about things. And then ultimately, because you're not going to just meet the right person just out of the blue. You have to talk to people so that you'll understand yourself more. And then it will give you more insight on what you're looking for later on. I think the coolest thing about it too, is that it's not a forever, like it's just, it's just a, a, an hour or two. There, you know, there's no commitment. There's nothing that you have. It's not a subscription, yeah. you know? So I think that the pressure, once you get out of marriage or in being in a long-term relationship, you're so used to being like in confined to something. And so I think if you tell that, tell yourself like, there's no pressure, I don't have to do anything or just, I just have to be myself. And the more yourself you are, the better because you will attract somebody that is more for you. But if you're trying to, you know, be somebody else or fill somebody else's shoes or expectation, then that's kind of where this, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Maybe you have some new restaurants you want to go. So you'll just go enjoy these things, enjoy some activities just, yeah, for fun. I think I learned a lot from you ladies today. <laughs> the biggest takeaway point for me is that jump in when you're ready. And when you do jump in, just know that. Go you for know, it. Yep. 
just go for it. And there's, there's going to be, you know, yes and nays. There's going to be ones that work out, ones that don't work out. There's going to be yeah. ones that are comfortable with your kids and ones that are not. But what's important yeah. is that leave it as a tool to learn and find yourself. Yes. And always, I mean, ask what you want. Is this what you want? Not what's, oh, what is he thinking? What is he doing? What does he want? No, does this, because now your dating is different. Yes, because you have the kids. So you have to think, okay, does this work for me? Is this what I'm looking for? Yeah. Exactly. So basically there are good partners out there. Just find them. Yes, yes there are. You just need one, not the whole, you're not going to swipe right to every or left or whatever it is to like everybody. Like it's just, you just need one. If that's what you prefer, I should still keep the caveat <laughs> because I know everybody's different. <laughs> so if, if, if somebody out there who's like over it, over the, the, the bar scene, the dating app, the blind date, you're just telling them to push forward with somebody out there. Absolutely. Yeah. If you exist, they exist. Oh, I like that. If you exist, they exist. Yeah. I like that. All right. Well, I like to end it on a positive note. So any, you know, encouraging words that you ladies have out there to, Seeing that one, one of you has successfully long-term navigated these waters, and then one of you is kind of in the middle ground between, you know, those who haven't started and those who have started. Um, just give us a few positive words of advice and, um, so that we can still encourage when we go out there. Just stay positive because you will attract what you, if you say, yes, there are plenty of people out there, there's a good man out there for me, you'll find them. So just keep thinking positively and be who you are, know what you want, and just have fun. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to end it with my, if you exist, they exist. Mm -hmm. I really want to open up your options. You know, I really like what Dr. Layla said. She said she met somebody that was an hour away from her. You might want to drive out maybe on your way to your family's house or who or anywhere and you open the app and you might find somebody that's out of the 50, 100 mile radius that you're used to seeing. And that might be the person you match with. So. You never know. If you exist, they exist. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us on Black Star Guys on this podcast so we can discuss dating in a single motherhood life. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot of different things. And then, you know, depending on what the response is, maybe we'll continue this conversation some other time. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It was Thank great you so to meet you. Thank you so much, Dr. Leila, Dr. Safoma, with Tokyo Gates of Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.